Road Bike Action Radio, Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas on the line with road bike editor Neil Shirley, and we are talking Taiwan KOM. What an epic event! <laughs> that's putting it. That's putting it mildly. <laughs> I know that's not even close. <laughs> so I, this show is about you, but I've got to talk a little while here. So Taiwan again, researching this event. Uh, they say there's 200, 200 mountains along uh, a ridge, and uh, I'm looking at the one you climbed. I believe it would be pronounced Heiwan, and it starts yes. at zero meters at the Pacific Ocean, climbs to 3,275 meters, and culminates with a gradient averaging 70% over the final 8K. That's insane. <laughs> It is. It is. You know, just just that final 8K alone, if it was its own separate climb, would be brutal. But then when you add in that you've been climbing for over 40 miles, going uphill for 40 miles leading into that, it's pretty soul-crushing. <laughs> <laughs> How did you find out about this? I mean, what an amazing event. Yeah, so... Um, I saw a, uh, a YouTube video. Someone was showing it to me, like, as just, like, look at how brutal this is. This is insane. And it was a video of someone going up the 27% pitch in the last five miles of the race. And I was like, that that's insane. Where is that? And so that's when I first found out about the Taiwan KOM. And it's the this year was the fourth year of it. And it, it was started by the Taiwan Tourism Board to try and show off the beauty of of the area, but also kind of the brutality of it as well. And I guess when you have a mountain where you can climb, you know, 11, over 11,000 feet in 50 miles, you have to do something with it because that, that's, there's nothing else out there. Even, even Haleakala in Maui, is only 10,000 feet of vertical gain. So this is this is a completely different animal. And I would think Taiwan would be difficult to get to, logistics. I mean, there's a lot involved there. I wouldn't have expected this to be a huge event, but there were 310 entrants. They've got people from Pro Tour, UCI Pro, Continental, uh, Continental Racers from Asia, Africa, Australia, Europe, the Americas... Why so big? Well, for one, I think it, it goes back to that the the draw for the I think for the average rider is just because it's kind of uncharted. Like no one has ever done something, you know, unless you've done that event before, you've never done a climb like that. Um, so that's one. But also, you know, the the going through the Kuroko the Kuroko Gorge, it is the most amazing scenery I've ever seen in my life. I've traveled to a lot of countries, you know, ridden a lot of roads. And that is, there's a road going through this gorge where there should not be a road. It is car, the road is carved through the cliff. So you have these rock overhang outcroppings that you ride through, lots of tunnels, some like one lane tunnels unlit, just 
some of the most fantastic stuff you could imagine doing on a bike, not to mention the road is closed at that time to, to traffic. So you have the whole road, and it's it, it almost takes some of the pain away from doing a 50-mile climb, the scenery, because you're just you're looking around being in, almost in disbelief with a lot of it. Um, and then, then the third thing is that it's $31,000 to win that. So you get a huge draw of professional level riders. Um, and so that, that in itself, you know, they pay to the top six and it's, it's one of the biggest paydays, you know, in cycling. Now I saw the KOM winner of the Vuelta a España was there, but I didn't see his name in the final results. Um, no, Omar, he ended up getting, uh, he, the two of us actually got dropped at the, at the same time, kind of, we made it about the, about 10 miles to go in the climb and there's some attacks started going in the group and there's maybe 25 riders left in the front group at that point that, and there were, I think, 412 starters. Um, so just you know the the group just keeps getting cut down cut down cut down as you can imagine for an event that for the winter is over three and a half hours of, of climbing um so we ended up getting uh, uh dropped from the front group together and then i was able to um, ride the last the last bit the steep stuff at a, at a little higher pace than he than he did but you know it's his it's his off season. I'm not sure how how fit he really was coming into it. But having you know having a name, someone like him, you know that's that's a that's a pretty big deal. Now you were 30th out of 412. How did you train for something like that? And I've got to say, when you said attacks, and there's a average 17 percent with a 27 percent pitch, it makes me laugh. <laughs> even yeah, <that>. yeah. <laughs> um. You know, unfortunately, I don't. I didn't have a lot of a lot of time in my schedule to do a lot of focused training. I did um, two weeks before. I would say is the one, the one training ride that uh, that was really focused on the KOM challenge, and that was an eleven thousand foot day. I just tried to get as much vertical gain and as short a mileage as I could, and I think I did eighty five miles with about eleven thousand feet of climbing um, at you know, pretty, pretty hard tempo to threshold effort on the climbs. And, and I figured that, you know, as long as my weight is, is light, you know, that's about as prepared as I, as I could be with, you know, with work and family and everything else in, in life. Now I'm wondering, did you get out on the gravel Palooza course where you've got some really steep pitches? It seems like the steepest pitches that would be comparable to, uh, Hey Juan, would be off road in the U S yeah, no, you're, you're definitely, you're right. Um, something like on gravel Palooza, that, that would be the, the closest that, that I would find around here. The, the one thing that is really hard to train is that con- continual tension, that force on the pedals that you get going uphill where there's no, there's no let off. There's no coasting, um, there's no soft pedaling on the flats or, or a downhill. You just have that consistent pushing on the pedals. And that is 
what really wears you down. And then by the time you hit the steep pitch, not only is it steep, it's just that you've been having, you know, the workload up until that point has been so high. And by then it's, it's even for the, even for the top guys, it's, it's really just survival at that point. Now there was no recovery at all, no flat stretches, no rolling part of the climb. Yeah, there was there was a two mile descent um, leading in to the the final eight kilometers, um, which so you just have to climb back anyway. Re- yeah, that was the only respite, and that's. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what that uh, I was really happy with that. <laughs> that was great to see, but then. You know, in the back of your mind, you know exactly what's coming after that. You know, you've read the race Bible. You've seen, you know, the the last 10K blown up. And, and uh, that's what everyone talks about is, you know, getting getting to that last 10K. And then that's, you know, for at least the winner, that's where the race really, really starts. Um, so it was, man, it maybe it's not the hardest event I've ever done in my life, but you know, at the time there's your riding as hard as you can. And it's, it was almost four hours of, of climbing, which is, you know, it's pretty spectacular. I was trying to, you know, on the, the steepest pitches at the end, you want it to be over so bad, but then I was trying to, to tell myself, well, this is an experience and an opportunity that so few others get. Enjoy it. Take it for what it is. And once it's over, it's it's going to be over. You know, it's going to end at some point. But try and try and enjoy it to the best you can, to the best I could. And and that can be challenging. But uh, it, it it was honestly it was a fantastic day that you know had been a bucket list event of mine for the last couple of years ever since I saw that YouTube video. Now, how did you warm up going into this? I know there was an 18K neutral start, yeah. but even that's climbing. Yeah, so I I, I honestly didn't do a warm-up. Um, it starts at, um, starts at 6.30, so it starts quite early to begin with. Um, and so I just used, uh, I used the start as my warm-up. I just made sure to ride at the front and ride out in the wind a little bit just to have a little bit of tension. Um, you know, on the pedals so I could, uh, you know, get, get going. Cause as soon as, you know, you, you ride along the coast in the neutral section, and then as soon as you turn inland is really when, when you start the climb and the, the flag drops and the race is on. And that's when, you know, there's immediate attack. So you need to be warmed up to a certain point so that you don't lose position. And the last thing you want to do is fall back, you know, a hundred spots and then have to try and make extra efforts to, to get to move back up through the group. So I was able to stay, you know, well positioned in the in the top twenty pretty much the whole the whole day until uh until I just couldn't hang in there anymore. Yeah, I would think that passing on narrow road like that would be really difficult. Yeah, and and honestly the, the speed, you know, you'd think you know, you're climbing for so many hours, you would think that there, you know, the pace wouldn't be that high at parts, but the pace was on the entire time. So you're you're climbing at speeds, um, you know, in the 15 to 18 mile an hour range, depending on you know how steep it is at the moment. And, and the last thing you want to do is have to move in the wind because when you're climbing at those speeds, aerodynamics is still 
still an important factor. So staying, you know, staying in the draft and not having to use any extra um, effort is is pretty much the name of the game to to survive as long as you can. What equipment were you on? What bike were you riding? Wheels, gearing. Yeah, so I was I, I was fortunate that uh, I was able to um, to get a to get a Scott Addict SL. Um, 2015 road bike, and just out of the box, that bike is already like 13 and a half pounds. But I wanted to make it, you know, make it a project bike and do some fun things with it. And so I, you know, Mavic got me a pair of the new Cerium Carbon SL tubular wheels. Um, so just right there with those that wheel set, that was uh, that was half a pound weight reduction right there. So all of a sudden I was down to 13 pounds, and then. Um, I got, I put on some, some Richie, um, some Richie carbon handlebar, seat post, saddle, stem, and overall that was about another half pound as well. So I had a, I had a 12 and a half pound bike, um, that I'll tell you what, when, you know, when you're fresh and you feel good, I think it climbs like a rocket. And then what was your weight? Uh, I was right around 150 pounds. Um, which is a good, that's a good weight for me. You know, I've been, I've been a few pounds lighter than that in the past, but you know, that's kind of, that's a, it's kind of peaking my weight. So I, I was happy with, I was happy with my weight. Um, I would say if, you know, going back, if I, if I had the opportunity to do the event again, um, a couple things that I would, I would change, I would try and be a couple pounds lighter because, you would. At the end, it's so steep that every pound makes a difference. Um, so going a little bit lighter there, and also you know trying to trying to add more intervals into my my training program. You know, without without doing many um, or any road races anymore, I, I definitely have lost um, the like the, the very high end. You know, I can stay at threshold for for a very long time. Um, but having to go above that really, really hurts me. So adding in more VO2 level intervals would, I think could have helped when, when the attack, when the attack started flying. What gearing were you using? I had a mid compact. Um, so a 52 36 up front and an eleven twenty eight on the rear. Um, and in hindsight, I, I could have done a straight compact up front. Um, that would have that definitely would have helped. Um, having that a thirty four twenty eight, you know, that that could have come in come come in very handy. And then, how were you able to get food? Was there rolling support? Were there feed areas? Yeah, there there were two feed zones um, where you could grab a bottle. You know, some of the some of the top riders had their own feed zone support, which you know I didn't I didn't have anything like that out there. So I was kind of at the mercy of whatever I could whatever I could grab, and I, I did get one water bottle. Um, and it's, um, in terms of food, I had a first endurance EFS flask. For, for calories and that had 400 calories in it and then that's usually what I take for events where um, you know races or, or, or hard gravel events um, when I don't want 
I don't, I don't want to have to have solid food because it's when you're riding it, you know, when you're riding at that level, it's really hard to, to eat a bar, um, and, and then actually digest that as well. So with the kind of the liquid calories, uh, I, I tend to prefer that route for, for some of the hard events and it works out really well for me. Your feeling when you saw the finish line. <laughs> um, that the last, uh, the last kilometer, you have a lot of time to think about that. Um, about that finish line because the last kilometer is probably I'd say about 10% and by then you're you know there there's nothing there's nothing left um so that last kilometer takes probably you know it feels like 10 minutes it's definitely not that but you see the the finish line way in the distance you do um <laughs> that's what I was wondering <laughs> and, yeah and and you know fortunately I was I I was empty, but I, st- I wasn't, I wasn't bonking. I wasn't cracked. I was, I still felt strong. I just, you could only just ride so hard. And, and there are a couple, two riders in front of me. Um, uh, one, a Philippines national rider, um, that was completely cracked and he was kind of paper boying across the road in front of me just to get up it. So, so I had, uh, I, I had him to kind of shoot for and, uh, to target to try and pass him and I got by him and that helped inspire me. And then like the last 50 meters, you kind of give it everything that's left. So get out of the saddle for 20 meters and then drop your head and crawl in the the last 30. But, uh, it was, it was a really, it was a really nice moment to finish and, you know, such a, such an accomplishment. Um, because I, you know, this has been a goal for, for a long time to, to do that and complete it. And this year they had more finishers than they've ever had, but typically they only have about a 50% finish rate. So, you know, just knowing that so few people really get through it and then to, to be one of the ones that does make it was, was a really nice, you know, is a really nice feeling. Yeah. The beginning, you said this was a bucket list event. Is it in the bucket, or might there be another bucket for it? You know, it's one of those things. It, it at first I was thinking, okay, it'll be you know one and done, and it'll be a great experience, and I'll, I'll move on. But then you you finish, and you know I, I'm happy how I did, but you also I, I'm I'm competitive, so I'm like, man, it, it can be better. I know I know how I can improve now. Um, so. <laughs> We'll see. You know, there's always that part of me that, that would love to go back and um, and kind of improve my result, put in a faster time. So we'll see if that opportunity is there. But it's it, it was really a wonderful, wonderful trip from, from start to finish. Gravel World Champion, Gravel Palooza, Taiwan KOM, really special season for you. How do you top it next year? <laughs> That's the fun part. Um, you know, there's there's so many incredible events out there that I just really I, I want to continue diversifying and mixing things up, and you know, trying to keep the challenge going. And and you know, these events they just seem to pop up, and and so I'm excited what you know where that might take me next year. We will we'll find out. Editor of Road Bike Action Magazine, Neil Shirley, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you so much. Road Bike Action Radio, Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas.